Thank you all for being here. And uh, just wonder what we should talk about tonight. Anybody have anything on their mind? Yes? Yeah, um, more and more in the last few months, I've been developing the ability uh, with emotions, just like notice that it's an emotion and, and not get attached with it, or at least certainly increase the amount of attachment. Um, but today, I've been feeling very, very tired. Mm-hmm. And as I started meditating, I started noticing Oh, I've got a whole story about this being tired. Um, I'm very attached to this being tired. I'm worried about this being tired. And what if this? And what if that? And so on and so on. And so, oh, this is like, I can perhaps work with this like I work with emotion. But it was no letting go. It, it just kept being real. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I had difficulty even locating the tiredness. Like, like it's not even like necessarily a physical sensation. So I'm so aware that it's a story. I'm so aware that I'm making a problem out of some small amount of physical sensation. Um, have you got any words of wisdom about releasing the physical stuff? Well, um, so it's, it's physical tiredness that you're talking about? Physical tiredness. And you can feel it in your body. Well, I can feel it, but I think mostly it's a whole big story. Mm-hmm. There's a certain little bit of uh, slowness and dullness, uh-huh. but I think mostly it's a story. Right. Mostly it's, what if this, and now I'm going to have to deal with that, and eh, 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 eh. <laughs> So I, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't buy it now, oh. and yet I feel like I'm not releasing from it either. Yeah. Well, so that's wonderful that you can see how there's a little bit of feeling uh, in your body and your mind makes up all this story about it. It's really great just, just to see how that works. Yeah, you become aware of it. Yeah, I mean, all, all day it's been real. Right. So, um, the other thing to notice, though, is your non-acceptance of it. You're wanting it to be different. Yeah. Go away. Not be there. And is there maybe a little bit of judgment about the story, too? Well, once I noticed that it was not real, yeah. then I should be able to release from this. Yeah, should, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, thought I, I thought I knew better. <laughs> that my experience, yeah, my experience for the last couple of months is when I notice, then I'm getting better and better at releasing. Yeah. So this time I noticed, and and so I thought, oh well, maybe physical stuff is different. Maybe I better ask and see. <laughs> because it is true that I have not tried to with anything physical, and I even sort of did like a little catalog. It's like, oh yeah, and I when when as I'm getting older, my body gets soar more easily. I've been holding on to that too. And then I started noticing, thinking, yeah, there's a whole bunch of series of physical stuff that I'm kind of attached to that this would be very useful for me to be able to release from this as well. Well, and and it is. But to to get 
to achieve a release from that, you have to accept it. So, so you have to let that mindful awareness continue to be free, flying, soaring, eagle-like, rather than getting snagged down into the uh, reactions to it. That's really good. Yeah, to watch that, watch that, and and and, and to recognize the subtler layers of attachment that there are there, you know. You can become attached to being able to let go of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to let go of that attachment too. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolute, absolute freedom is absolute non-attachment. Well, I, I hope I can make sense out of what I'm going to ask you. Uh, <clears throat> I'm reading Philip Moffat's book, Dancing with Life. And Which, what's the name of it? Dancing with Life. Dancing with Life. Yeah, it's a. Yeah, it's good as far music. as I'm concerned, it's, it's a fantastic book. Very provocative and challenging. But. <clears throat> When he's talking about the second noble truth, I mean, I'm condensing things about it a thousand times, but uh, he's talking about any any desire that you, well, some desires can be okay, but any desire that is really a strong desire, and you have a, you want this, and you need this, and you plan this, and uh, you want it to be this way, that the whole story is giving that up, giving up, mm-hmm. giving up that whole process, and then he, uh, talks about find something in your life right now that you're you're very attached to the outcome. You know, you're very concerned about this and you this and you want it to come out and it's gotta come out. And to try to give all that up. To try mm-hmm. to give up all that and just be present with whatever happens. Mm-hmm. And can you speak to that? Uh, yeah, that's uh that's what it's. Uh, that, that's where you. That's the place that you want to get to. Is a, is where. You, is, yeah. That's how you overcome suffering, because the cause of the suffering is this um, wanting things to be different than they are, wanting something else, uh, wanting. And in the, in the way you just framed it, you know, something that you're very attached to the outcome of. You know, we look to the future and we see, uh, we see the outcome. You know, we look forward to this wonderful dinner that you're going to have. Right? Mm. Oh, <laughs> and then you discover that it all got burned up. Yeah. You know? so, and then. Your reaction to it is that uh, this is, is terrible disappointment and loss and frustration and oh I should have done this or that or whatever else you know, but freedom from suffering is just totally accepting what is you know, the good and the bad and the whole thing and. Uh, You know, while it's true 
that some of the outcome may not have been what you foresaw. It is what it is. At least you had the opportunity to savor the outcome that didn't happen, right? <laughs> but it's it's. Uh, and you can practice in, in all kinds of ways, in big and, and little ways. Get used to the idea, to explore and discover the idea. You know, I mean, it's intellectually, it's pretty easy to grasp. But yeah, if uh, if uh, I could get over being attached to uh, things being the way I want them to be, then I'd be a lot more happier and satisfied. Intellectually, you can understand that. Yeah. The next step is you've got to try it out. Yeah, you know, uh, and you have to work with it. Now, if he's saying pick the one thing in your life that's most important, you know, you really, really attached to. Um, that's probably what it would be most valuable for you to be able to let go of the attachment to. But it's also going to be what's most right. difficult. So, you know, you've got to uh, maybe uh, practice a bit on some easier things. <laughs> and there's lots of those. If you, part of, part of practicing mindfulness in your daily life, uh, and you know this quite well, part of practicing daily mindfulness in your daily life is just recognizing all those dozens or hundreds or sometimes even thousands of little attachments that we have to this or that and observing the mental reaction to these, see the mind reacting and then recognizing that oh, I'm I'm experiencing unhappiness just because of the attachment that I have. And that that practice of, of mindfulness constantly seeing in many different ways is what allows the, the, the real truth of this to get beyond just being a, an intellectual idea. And it's an actual experience. Every time that you can have the actual experience of letting go of attachment and discovering that it's all right. It's, as a matter of fact, it's not only all right, it's wonderful because uh, by comparison with whatever degree of dissatisfaction that you would otherwise have had, it's absolutely wonderful to be satisfied instead. And learn that. Teach yourself that over and over again in all kinds of different ways. It is... Well, you know, it's, it's so obvious, it's hard to grasp. And of course, the other part of it is that... The, we are so deeply, deeply conditioned to do just exactly the opposite. And we even admire, uh, our society teaches us to admire those people that are so stubborn and driven and bullheaded and everything else that they insist on having things turn out the way they want them to. You know, uh, we kind of see that as, as an ideal. So, uh, all of that conditioning makes it really a, a challenge to come to that place of recognizing that the, the wonderful value of 
being able to let go. But you know, the other thing about it is if you if you can stop resisting and accept what is, it enormously empowers you to influence what will be in, in a much more positive and effective way. So uh, when we talk about letting go, accepting what is, and things like that, very often uh, what people will begin to wonder is, well, does that mean that that I no longer try to make any changes, or I don't care what happens, or you know? But it doesn't mean that at all, no. not at all. Accepting what is in the moment is actually doing the only sensible and intelligent thing possible. Because you can't change what is. You can only change what will be or influence what will be. But what already is, it's absolutely pointless to resist it and struggle against it. And, and you know, it, the only effect that it has is that it ties your mind in knots and generates negative emotions. And all of that gets in the way of doing something positive and constructive to change the direction of things. So being able to accept actually empowers you in terms of being able to uh, redirect things as far as what's likely to happen in the future. That's one outcome of it. Another outcome of it is that by coming to that place of acceptance, it changes the way you, uh, you know, re- react to all kinds of different things, circumstances, people, everything else. If you look at what happens there, if you imagine, if you can, and I know you can the difference between a person who's always manifesting resistance, uh, which they're complaining, they're objecting, they're, they're arguing, they're fighting, they're struggling, uh, you can picture that kind of person, right? Now, replace that picture with somebody who is not always fighting and struggling and complaining and, and criticizing and blaming and all this other stuff, but is on the other side, the positive side. Okay, what can we do about it? Where can we go from here? What's the next step? Okay, this, this is the way it is. And how would you react to a person like that? Whatever it's in your power to give or do or influence that impacts that person, how, depending on whether they are in the first case or in the second case, how is it going to influence what you do in all kinds of ways, right? And so with everyone else, and so in every kind of situation. So it, it is, uh, 
it has the power to change all of the circumstances and conditions that a person finds themselves in. If, if you can come to the place of ceasing to feed your own suffering in the moment through craving desire for it to be different than it is and struggling against it, then it's be, it, it changes the conditions that you find yourself in in the future. It even reduces the need to to make this contrast between how you'd like things to be and how they are because they'll end up being much more the way you'd like them to be anyway. (laughs) But yeah, what... uh, What it does when we experience craving, and this is why we experience craving, is what it does is it drives us to action. But it does it in such an incredibly crude way. You know? We're human beings. We're not we're not some primitive organism that the only hope it has of, of acting in ways that are going to be beneficial to it is to be driven by by desire and aversion, to be driven by craving in its different forms. We're human beings. We have intelligence. We can cultivate that intelligence and so that we acquire wisdom. In the process, we don't lose the ability to recognize what's good and what's bad, what's wholesome and what's unwholesome, what's beneficial and what's not beneficial. We see it just as clearly as ever. But instead of being driven by a very crude emotional reaction, we can uh, act with wisdom uh, and reason, tempered by compassion and loving-kindness, respect for other people, and all these other things. So this is ultimately where the ability to... uh, to overcome craving brings you to, and, and I, I just I I I love to imagine uh, how it might transform the world if we had enough people that were coming from this kind of place. No matter what, life is going to present you with all kinds of difficult situations, loss, illness disease you know there's just it's it's the nature of things things are unsatisfactory in the sense that uh, no matter how they really are we're always we, we can always imagine some play, some way that we would want them to be better even if we've got a lot we want more but most of the time it's not even the situation that we got a lot and the problem is that we want more. It's that uh, we don't have any or we've got something that really hurts or you know, those other kinds of things. So that's the way life is. It's, that's, that's the reality. That's in these bodies and in this world. 
that's the situation that we're always going to be in. It's, it is, by its very nature, unsatisfactory. And it's constantly changing. And there's just, you know, uh, no point in uh, generating some idea of how we want things to be and then causing ourselves to suffer when they don't turn out that way or becoming attached to the way things are and suffering when it changes because it's always going to change and it's never going to turn out quite the way that we would like it to. So that's that's the reality. if If you come from just that truth, if that's the way it is, then the question is, well, what can I do about it? Because you can't change the world. You can't change the universe. What you can change is the way that you react and respond to it. And that's, that's what it's all about. <clears throat> the interesting thing about the process is that you can practice doing that and you can learn and uh, you can you can modify your uh, behavior patterns, your own don't your own conditioning, and that's a very important thing to do. It's a very wonderful thing to do to uh, to work on yourself, to perfect yourself. Um, And you will realize the benefits of it uh, as for so long as you do it. You'll keep realizing the benefits of it. And the way to do that is to practice mindfulness and allow mindfulness to convert ignorance to wisdom and to uh, allow wisdom to temper your responses and your reactions to the situations that you're in and to come more and more into this place of of acceptance, uh, non-resistance, and uh, just being with whatever whatever comes, and then doing what's appropriate uh, as a result of that. But that's not the whole story, and it's a good thing because. Uh, because the ch- changes that you make in yourself this way is you, you're, you're taking a mind that can be conditioned, can be trained, and it has been conditioned and trained in one way. And then you're recognizing that, and so you're doing things that will change that conditioning and you recondition your mind in the future. But your mind remains a an entity that is subject to conditioning. And the positive conditioning you are uh, creating can become overwhelmed by circumstances. I mean, if, if you're lucky, overwhelming circumstances will always stay, you know, a step behind the positive conditioning of the mind. But there's always that risk that tomorrow something's going to come up that just overwhelms all this good, wonderful conditioning that you've been able to do for your mind. So, uh, you know, and uh, also you 
it, it's subject to the conditioning going the other way too. Uh, if you stop practicing this mindfulness and and, and, and directing your responses, all of the, there's a huge backlog of old conditioning there, and it will start to manifest, and it starts reasserting itself. And of course, every time you allow it to reassert itself, you know, you, you, you're highly conditionable, conditional, conditionable mind. <laughs> is now starting to be reconditioned in the negative way again, right? Uh, one way you could put this is that is that you start out with a whole lot of karma that's not so good, and you can make some good karma, and that will improve things. But uh, you can never tell when some of the old bad karma is going to catch up with you, right? It, it's still there, and not only that. No matter how much new good karma you make, it wears out too. Right? So that's why, although this is very, very important, the other really important thing to do is is to get to the root of it. Get to the root of the craving. You know why? Again, this goes to the question. It goes beyond just the fact that. <clears throat> Yeah, we're driven by craving, and yeah, we do this, and yeah, we create our own suffering this way. But why? Where does it come from? Uh, what what can we do about it in a more profound sense? <clears throat> and that's really, in terms of the Buddhist teaching, that's really what the fourth truth is about. It is about the path mm-hmm. to permanent eradication of suffering mm-hmm. complete liberation is is the permanent eradication of its cause which is craving and that's what the eightfold path is about so an important part of the eightfold path is uh, creating good karma conditioning your mind in a positive way uh, diminishing the amount of suffering and unhappiness that you experience in the world through uh, recognizing and being mindful of these these reactions. And that's really true. But, and, and very valuable, and it's part of the Eightfold Path. But what it's doing is getting you ready to go to the deeper level and recognize that all of this craving is based on a more profound set of illusions. I mean, if you look at the resistance to what is in the present moment. Um, there's so many illusions in that. And right at the heart of them, it's this me that is experiencing this, uh, this me that wants things different. Mm-hmm. And there is a separation there. And that's what self is. The word self has no meaning at all, except in contrast to its opposite, which is everything that's not self. And so, what is, is being split into two parts. And one part is the self, and then there's everything else. And then everything's being interpreted in terms of whether... To what degree is everything else serving the needs of the separate self? 
and that's that's where we come from. That's you know. But we feel. But the self, you know, uh, it takes a little work to come to understand what the real nature is of what's going on. It doesn't. It, it doesn't just come from thinking about it a little bit. We have to go deeper and see that. But if you can, if you can begin to recognize that as being the problem and start working with that more directly, then you can uh, you can uproot craving and the causes of suffering in a way that uh, doesn't seem to be subject to being overwhelmed and the conditioning doesn't seem to be subject to going the other way. That's So we start with where we are, and it is the necessary first step and the necessary foundation is to stop this blindly reacting the way we always have and to get to the place where we can start to see things clearly. And part of that is that things get immediately better in all kinds of ways. Anybody have any real-life situations that they um, can apply this to, or that they can't? They can't see how this applies to. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't even know if I could. I'll just say it as simply as I can. I think I mentioned it before. I'm still in this big transition where I wanted to change things in my life, so I left. You know, my job, husband, city, everything. And I'm still floating about. And part of me wants to just anchor myself in, in all those mm-hmm. things again. Right. Yeah. But yeah. then I also don't want to. Right. Mm-hmm. It's causing a lot of uh, emotion. Yes, right. So. About identity, like wanting identities, wanting all sorts of public identities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But public identities, like like who I want to be, am I a writer? Uh, or am I a teacher? Uh, right. I, okay. Yeah. But satisfying. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> this is something that to that everybody has to deal with it and they react to it in different ways. It's And, and it's part of the idea of, of, of the self. I, there, there is this me. And what is my life about? Who am I? What am I going to do? Right? That's really what you're talking about. Yeah, and there's also money involved. Like, how am I going to pay... Yeah, well, it has that dimension too. How, how am I gonna How am I gonna pay my bills? And of course, there's a whole idea. Of what level of bills do you uh, do you uh, uh, aspire to? There's <laughs> some people who are down to their last couple of million, and they're absolutely miserable. <laughs> 
And then there's others who uh, only have a quarter, but uh, they feel like they're still in pretty good shape. So, mm-hmm. but it's it's what are these your ideas? Are they not an idea of who who am I? What kind of a person am I? I mean, that's that's a story. So what you're telling me is you're going around telling yourself the story of who you are and writing the story of who you are, spending a lot of time writing the story of who you think you should be, um, perhaps finding out that, well, there's several different versions and some of them are totally incompatible with each other. You know, I should be a happy wife. No, I should be a free person who lives her life the way she wants to and all kinds of other conflicts. I should be a writer. No, I should have food to eat. (laughs) A lot of conflicts there, right? So, these are all thoughts and ideas, and if you, to the degree that you let yourself believe in them, they'll, they'll make you, they can make you pretty miserable, right? Creates a lot of conflict. Now, what you what you really are is you are consciousness experiencing what your consciousness is experiencing in this moment, which includes being here rather than being somewhere else being in that body and rather than being in some other body with your mind rather than some other mind with its set of wants and wishes and views and ideas rather than some other set of wants and wishes and views and ideas. But what you, what you are is the experience of that in the moment. The content of that experience. The content of that experience is the particular set of ideas and inclinations in your mind, and the body with its particular state of being at the moment, and the location and the circumstances. That's all content of momentary experience, and it's constantly changing, is it not? Constantly changing. But what is constant in all of that is that there is, there is a reality, and that's the reality of the present moment that this whole movie is playing itself out in. And to the degree that there are things that you would like to be different in that, the starting point is to accept what is in the present moment and not let emotional reactions to that get in the way of you being able to act, to think and speak and, and do things in ways that uh, create a, a more positive experience in the future. 
What about those moments when nothing seems appealing and you can't get off the couch? Nothing seems appealing and you can't get off the couch. Well, what does that feel like? Okay, I should do something. Nothing seems appealing. Yeah, but I should do something. Yeah, no, no, but I don't want it. I need to get off the couch. I don't want to get off the couch. Kind of like, what's the purpose, or what's the use of doing anything? Negative. So, in, in those moments... Out of, out of the totality of what makes you up, you've got, you've got two or three things doing a little dance with each other. And they've totally stolen the stage. And they're not letting anything else happen while they do this dance with each other. What imp- enables these things to do that. Any idea? Deep attachment. Yeah, you have so like you 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 empower these different call them voices in your mind, the different dancers and the and the drama that is unfolding in the moment. Uh, you empower them by identifying with them. This comes from that, I mean, all, all of these things are, I, 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 I should, I shouldn't, I'm this, i that. What would be one way, there's more than one way, but what would be one way that you could think of to put it into the melodrama it's all based on I should, I shouldn't, I want, I don't want, I this, I that. To just do it without thinking? To do something? Well, as a matter of fact, that is very good. In that kind of paralyzed, depressed state, mm-hmm. the best thing to do is no matter what you do, it doesn't matter what you do. Don't bother deciding what to do. Yeah. Anything you do is better than doing nothing. So that's that's true. But there's something even more powerful than that. And that's to get out of the I. You know, if you're going to do something, how about do something for somebody else? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Do something for somebody else. The... It, it's kind of like a, a log jam, you know. You just can't get anywhere because there's there's all these different uh, views and ideas that are associated with the idea of of self. And you know, by the time you've spent the first ten minutes not able to get off the couch, let alone you know repeated the experience over and over again. It should be obvious, if you think about it, that there's too many as yet unresolved and unreconcilable points of view going on in your mind. Your mind is not one thing. It's many different things. And you've got many different minds. 
You've got many different personalities, as a matter of fact, in your mind, with different views and aspirations and hopes and everything else. And they're in conflict with each other. And if there was one set that was completely dominant, you wouldn't be in conflict. So if you recognize that, then the solution is move away from being preoccupied with yourself. Have you uh, have you tried that or you know experienced that that maybe you can reflect without intentionally have you reflected where you've been able to get away from your problem somewhat when somehow your attention went towards someone or something else other than yourself? I'm thinking that I haven't made myself clear because I would have expected you to say, well, yeah, of course. It happens to me all the time. But... Yeah, I guess I'm probably thinking too hard or trying to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's it's really... It's part of our nature as human beings that if something comes along where we can become... We can do something for someone else, we can care about somebody else, we can become involved with somebody else's problems or achieving... Helping somebody else to achieve their satisfaction, relieving somebody else's suffering, or helping somebody else to find happiness, that all that stuff about our own needs and desires and suffering and happiness just, at least for the time being, becomes a whole lot less relevant. It kind of gets... It it gives you a way to get out of it. Yeah, it's energizing. It's like I do a lot of volunteer work and like with refugees and I felt very happy and light afterward. Yeah. There you go. So that's what I was talking about. Yeah, you, the, it, the total opposite of the feeling that stuck. And, and, you know. So a, a good start is to just try to turn yourself, turn outward more to, to others. Just to leave, relieve yourself of this internal conflict of these different aspects of your own mind that are trying to, each trying to dominate the other and leaving you sort of locked up and not sure where to go. I think that's been a problem with me my whole life, that nothing ever dominates. It's always all these conflicting voices and I can't, it seems like everyone else I know something dominates. Yeah. <laughs> you just follow that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I know what you mean. I do. Yeah. So, if you now, if you can open yourself up to letting the universe show you a direction, and trust that, then that should help. To do that, you need to be out in the world interacting with people. And the best way to be doing that is volunteer work, helping people, uh, service, being a friend, listening to somebody else's problems, things like that. So 
Turn yourself out and let, let the universe point some ways to you. Let the universe see what see what you resonate with inside as to what the what circumstances present to you. But accept the way that you are right now. Just accept. Don't judge it. Don't say, I shouldn't be this way. What's wrong with me? Don't don't let those kinds of thoughts keep making problems for you. You're perfect the way you are. You're perfect with all these conflicts. You're perfect not knowing which way to go. That's exactly where you should be right now for the simple reason that that's where you are. And if that's where you are, then you might as well accept it. That's where you are. And so, accept that you are that way. But then you you can go ahead and do the things to to help you move yourself in a different direction. So you really try, you know, applying what we were talking about. Like, you know, you you have amongst these things, you know, ideas that I should be this, and I want to be this, or well, I'm going to try doing this, and you have expectation of a certain outcome. So try practicing what we were talking about. Of, of, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to try not to be attached to the outcome. You know, uh, okay, I feel this way right now, but I'm not going to. I, I'm going to accept the way I feel. I'm not going to resist it. I'm not, or. Even even if you feel yourself desperately wanting to be something different, accept that that's where I am right now. That's what I'm doing. Desperately wanting something different. You know, just try to get to that place of being with the reality that is. Stop resisting that, and see where you, see where it can take you from there. But there's nothing nothing wrong with anything. You don't need to be anything in your life other than what you are. You know, you don't need to be famous. You don't need to be a dancer or a writer or a politician or rich. You don't need to have kids. You don't need to be... None of it really matters. It's all stories. And the idea that one story is better than another is just total nonsense. They, they, they're not they're not any better. Uh, you could be a wealthy, famous writer with lots of kids and be absolutely, totally miserable. There's nothing about any one of these stories that makes it the slightest bit better than anything else. Because that's all it is. is it's just... It, it's empty of being anything but what your mind makes it into being. And it could... It, uh, it, it can go all kinds of different ways, and that's that's all right. You could die tomorrow. That's all right. I, I know. Okay, so probably doesn't seem that way to you. <laughs> uh, 
there is there is a way of seeing things. Uh, seeing things as they really are, which is it's just the way they really are, and seeing yourself as what it really is, which is just one of those things that make up things the way they really are, and discovering that it's all absolutely perfect. And so then about then instead of complaining about the choreography, you just join in the dance. You know? And uh, if your part of the script has you doing some things that, you know, make you the uh, not the most glorious looking person on the stage, so what? If you're part of it. So you're part of the dance. You're, we're, ju- we're just we're just dancers, and when you take the mask off, and when you take the costumes off, you know that's all any of the stuff is. It's just masks and costumes. When you accept what is in the present moment, uh, that allows you to discover the reality of what you are and who you are what everything else is is about and it's wonderful (laughs) go for it (laughs) don't listen to those inner critics that tell you it should be different Anybody else have a real life situation and they're not sure how this all applies to? Well, let me tell you about this morning. That, and I think this is a little more manageable in terms of the points that you're talking about. Uh, and of course, it's a long story, but I have these two really very active dogs and they play into the story. But here's what happened this morning. Well, I've been, I've been orienting towards, okay, I want to really control my mornings and you know by the afternoon okay that's fine I'll go out I'll do this I'll do that but I want my mornings to be just the way I want them to be (laughs) well of course there's the problem right there (laughs) but I have this whole plan and I don't need to elaborate on it necessarily but you know it involves this and take care of the dogs going for a walk and then meditating and then showering this and that but I want it to flow that way even if I have to like say to people uh uh-uh, leave me alone you know this is what I want to do yeah. but of course it never works out that way and there's always like a there's always like a a way that well and today what happened was this friend of mine wanted to give me some plants that she had dug up and I just use this as an example. She was going to come at 9:30, and I, I should have, you know, I should have said no, no, no. I don't want that. And I said, oh, okay. So I change on my whole schedule. I take a shower at, at a different time, so I'm going to be ready when she comes at 9:30 with the plants. But she came at nine, so I'm in the shower. And like, but the, here's my point. I got so upset within myself. I thought. Mm-hmm. 
And that, that was her. I mean, I didn't direct this at anybody, but I just, I was sort of saying, I just have to tell everybody I'm unavailable, unavailable, unavailable. No ifs, ands, or buts. <laughs> and so you can see even as I tell you, and here I think it's, ooh, I'm getting all stirred up about all this. And isn't that, isn't that the point right there? Yeah, this is very good. It's very, it illustrates a lot of things, and it's something that we all experience. We, we all experience this, absolutely. So, yes, so let's look at it. So, um, getting all like this doesn't feel good. Oh, no. It would be so much nicer not to. Right. Yeah, so, uh, so, so we can see that right away. Um, but we, uh, we can also see, from the things that you said, why our minds make us feel this way. You know, I, it, the idea that there's a self in here uh, is, is just an illusion. But there's, and the idea that I have a mind is just an illusion. But there is definitely a part of my mind that decides, I would like things to, I, I would like my day to go this way. And there's a lot of positive things within what I would. And so that part of your mind, sort of, sort of like the executive board, you know, announcing to, you know, <laughs> says, all right, all right, crew, this is the way we want things to go. You know? <laughs> and there's some other part of your mind whose job is to let everybody know when things aren't going the way they're supposed to. Which it does by making us feel upset. Mm -hmm. And the more things the more things don't go the way they're supposed to, the more that part of our mind, you know, makes sure that every other part of our mind knows it. (laughs) We get this pervading sense of, of upsetness. You know, and then uh, but there's some part of your mind, for whatever its reasons, decides to say yes, and then later on, some other part of your mind <laughs> says, you've got to learn to say no. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. Well, our minds are all of the, it's this collective of all of these different impulses. And the only way that we ever accomplish things normally is that we've got to retrain the different parts of our mind so, to, so that things do turn out. So that sometimes that involves getting that really nice, friendly part of your mind that hates to say no to say no sometimes. And part of the mechanism by which we do that uh, normally is is just making our whole collective mind self feel bad for a while. But we don't have to do it that way. We don't really have to do it that way. The first step is just to recognize what's going on. Oh, look at all this stuff going on and the way I'm reacting to it. And as soon as you realize that, you can let go of it. You don't feel so bad about it. That doesn't mean that you don't 
think to yourself, okay, next time this happens, I have to handle it differently. Uh-huh. And it doesn't mean that you can't succeed in handling it differently. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it does mean that you don't have to spoil your whole experience of the whole day. You know, uh, and, you know, my day, as a matter of fact, today was one of those days. I have days when I get out of bed and I I notice pretty soon things are and recognize things are just not going to I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> things are not gonna go the way I want them to or I expect them to. Mm-hmm. And one thing after another, everything will you know planning to do this and I see what time it is and really that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all kinds of interesting things happened today, didn't they? <laughs> we left home uh, a couple of hours earlier than we usually do because uh, we had appointments for a massage because I had this sore shoulder and it was going to make it feel so much better and everything. And, well, it turned out that somehow or another the massage therapist thought the appointment was at a different time than we did, so it didn't happen. You know, mm-hmm. that's a, mm-hmm. a bunch of things like that have happened today. But you don't <clears throat> you don't have to be miserable and upset about it. There's a tendency for us to, but if you can remember to be present, be mindful, watch what's happening. As soon as you watch what's happening. Gets really easy to let go of your attachment, to, you know, and just say okay. And then you might even be able to start to say, okay, well, uh, what's the positive side to this, you know? Because there, there is one. There is, there's always one for the simple reason that whatever is happening is what your mind makes it to be anyway. And so, your yes, your mind can make the situation into be a very negative one. But your mind is equally capable of finding a way to make it into a positive situation. And so it's just the only difference between uh, the the occasions like the one you described and the ones that we all have, where we end up really just mm-hmm. you know and, and uh, scrunched up and tense and, and taking it out on everybody else yeah, around us yeah. and everything like that. The only difference between that and sort of flowing with it and saying, okay, just, uh, you know, yeah, next time I have to do things different, but okay, this is where we're going now. The only not difference... not investing a lot of upset. Yeah, you invest a lot. Yeah. The only difference between the two situations is is being fully present and being aware and not being trapped and held by the ideas, being so attached to the ideas that you're totally out of touch with the reality. This is the reality. This is the only reality. There is no other reality. There can be no other reality. What's happening is what's happening. (laughs) And, okay. (laughs) You can either resist it and be miserable, or we can... Go along with it and but see where it takes practice. it. practice. Like when you talk about practice, mm-hmm. yeah, right? it's practice. Practice is the word. Yeah. yeah. But you know, there's things that can help you to attack. Every time you feel unhappy, every time you're suffering, it's because you're not paying attention. 
you are you are attached you are filled with desire and aversion and you are letting this sense of uh, I, me, and my needs and everything uh, dominate what's going on in your mind. And so if you can remember that then then you can start, start to regard feeling uh, upset, irritable, unhappy as it's good. It's a reminder. You just need to, okay, aha, I'm feeling unhappy. That's a reminder that I need to remember the things, the truths that I know, the things that I really know. And, and I know that the only way that I can feel unhappy right now is that desire and aversion and driven by the sense of I need my is creating a whole story that is making me ha- unhappy. And then you can look to see what's really happening. And right away you'll feel you'll feel at least a little bit better. <laughs> and also, you know, sometimes you're miserable. Well but the solution is you accept being miserable. Say, oh, I guess I'm going to have to be happy being unhappy. Because <laughs> that's what's happening right now. Don't fight it. What do you think? Me? Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, that what you're describing is, you can see that in, in the process of meditation. Yeah. Similar. As a matter of fact, yeah, it happens the whole time in your meditation. You want your meditation to go a particular way, and it doesn't. You get all up tired. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this used to be coming to that point of, of okay, so so my mind went, and mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it back. It's going to be okay. That's right. <coughs> it's a challenge. <laughs> that's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. But that's right. If you're meditating properly from the very first time you sit down, you're learning to. Not judge, not be attached, just do what needs to be done. And if you feel yourself getting tense or upset or disappointed with your meditation, you know you're doing the wrong thing. You just let go of all that and just do what needs to be done. So, meditation practice is a wonderful way to learn to deal in this very simple situation to deal with all the more complicated things that make up the whole rest of our life. And we can make exactly the same mistake in meditation that we make in the rest of our life, and we do all the time. You know, we, we get angry at ourselves, and we feel upset with ourselves. And, you know, our, our mind's not doing what we want it to do. Any more real-life situations that we can talk about? I, I like this approach. Get down in the nitty-gritty. How does this work mm-hmm. in the real world? Well, that you know, that upset is so... Uh, well, I don't say debilitating. That's, not, that's an exaggeration. But I mean, that upset about things not going the way that you want them to. Yeah. It, it's... 
It's just a waste. It's yeah, it is, a waste. yeah. It really is a waste. Yeah. But also at the same time, it's so ingrained. It's so which? It's so ingrained. It is. Yeah. Oh. Right. I mean, this is maybe a simple situation, but a major challenge to not waste all that energy. So you you imagine something, and you you say, "Ah, oh, this will make me happy." <laughs> and then, when it doesn't turn out that way, then you get all upset and unhappy, you know. And and the whole point of the project from the beginning was to make yourself happy. <laughs> <laughs> But you, you know, when when you you've definitely lost sight of the goal when you, <laughs> when you let that happen. Yeah. Yes, we we are afflicted with all of these innate tendencies, which you know they. They make they make us as human beings behave in certain ways, which are not. Oh, they they're really not conducive to our happiness and and our our well-being. But as human beings, we have the capacity to see and understand that. You know. Uh, and we need that. Because we, we, as human beings, we seem to have the ability to find far more ways of making ourselves unhappy than other kinds of creatures do. I mean, your dog or your cat can't even approach your capacity <laughs> for making you unhappy. So it's a good thing that you also have the ability to cultivate the kind of wisdom that can pull you out of that and... and get beyond that. So. Yes? May I say what I think I hear you saying, and correct me if I'm mm-hmm. not okay, is that we go ahead and we make plans mm-hmm. and have hopes, but when something interferes, we arrange things or change things without getting totally vested in having yeah. come out the way we thought it was going to That's right. We go ahead and do all of the wise and intelligent things that we would do anyway. We just skip the part about getting upset and doing yeah. dumb things out of the upsetness. Because if it's changed, it's changed. That's right, yeah. Anything else? Yes? Um, when I'm attached, I'm suffering. But is all suffering based in attachment? Is there any suffering that's not related to attachment? Um, 
No, there's, there's, there's not. We need to be clear on what we mean by suffering and what we mean by attachment. But suffering is the mental response that we have. Uh, like physical pain mm-hmm. is, is not due to attachment. Yeah. But the suffering in response to the physical pain is. And the attachment... It's uh, it's the attachment to uh, it's the attachment to things and states that cannot be sustained and will change, or it's attachment to that which does not exist in the moment that we want to exist in the moment, or it's attachment to uh, the uh, to ideas and uh, views and beliefs. A lot of a lot of our suffering comes from attachment to views and ideas and beliefs. Every time reality conflicts with our views, it makes us really miserable. <laughs> yeah. So yes, the really attachment is. Uh, an essential component of the suffering that we experience. Non-attachment, you know, it's like uh, non-attachment allows the world of appearances to unfold in front of you and you can enjoy this spectacle. Attachment destroys the whole flow of it and causes suffering. You are a part of the whole of everything. And uh, Through your conscious awareness, that whole is experienced moment by moment, and that is that is a wonderful that that is a wonder that's indescribable in itself. When you stop being attached to yourself and you become a part of the whole, then you become free, and when you when you function as just purely the experiencer of the whole from the vantage point that you are, then there's no problem. There's no problem at all. There's no, there's no suffering. There's nothing, nothing to regret or complain about. It's, it's, it's just so totally different than what our mind the way our mind normally causes us to, to be and perceive things. But that's that's the thing, that we're we're a part of this whole that is coming to a new level. It really is. It's a new level of consciousness. You know, we're look at how we've behaved for the amount of time that we've been recording our own history. <coughs> Driven by 
all of these, uh, all of these selfish, uh, the selfish ideas and desire and, and greed and hatred, aversion uh, uh, and everything else. Look at that. It, it's time we move to a new level of consciousness. It's time we recognize what was really going on the whole time and brought ourselves to a new level, both individually and collectively. And uh, that whole process of attachment is something that it's perfect. It's, it, it's what got us here. We, we got here through, uh, through the process of, of selfing and experiencing pleasure and pain and developing desire and aversion and acting out of it. We're not little things swimming around, little worms swimming around in some primeval ocean anymore. We have, we have this consciousness, and we have these minds. So we've come, and and what got us here, what got us here was desire and aversion and all that other kind of stuff. But we're ready to move on. We don't need to stop there. We don't. We don't you know, <clears throat> we're part of the whole, and uh, we've come a long way, but we've got a long way to go. And it, it's it's wonderful from the perspective of each of us as individuals, but also as soon as we find as we as soon as we find our own way, uh, get our head above the mud. It's time to start helping everybody else to do the same thing. It's absolutely essential. So, you know, to the to the extent that you understand this and it makes sense to you, uh, and that you can verify it in your own experience, teach it to other people. Figure out a better way to explain it than I have, and go explain it to other people. You know. <laughs> so. That's probably enough for tonight. So thank you for your wonderful questions and your real life experiences. Uh, we get to apply this too.